Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, welcome in everybody to another episode of Future Brew. My name is Vaughn Lozon. Joining you as always is uh, John Simmons, my man. How we doing after a uh, pretty big recruiting weekend for Michigan? I'm feeling excited about uh, Michigan's chances with a lot of these in-state guys. Yeah, me too. I, I think Michigan's got a really good chance with uh, quite a bit of them, if I'm being honest. We'll talk about them later. Um, but for now, uh, let's start off the show with the new rankings that uh, 24-7 uh, unveiled earlier this week. Um, the composite was updated as was 24 sevens own personal rankings and on maze We go off the composite rankings for when we do our recruiting stories and things along those lines and what we use to evaluate everything. <clears throat> and, uh, right now it, it, it's really close, John, but, uh, Michigan does not have a top hundred guy in this 2020 class and they probably won't. I, I don't foresee them getting anybody in the top 100 currently that's not committed. Uh, but A.J. Heading's the closest. He's at 101. So he, he went down nine spots. Connor, uh, Connor McGregor. Braden McGregor uh, went down 14 spots. Uh, Makari paid four-star safety. He went down a few spots. Moan actually went down quite a bit as well, uh, which was kind of surprising given uh, 24-7 was higher on him than uh, some of the other recruiting services. But uh, the big the big jump was with Andre Selden. He moved up 75 spots. He was the main riser there from uh, the camp circuit uh, this offseason with the All-American game and, and all the things that he was able to show 
the evaluators at 24-7, so they bumped him up quite a bit. Um, and Blake Corum went up 24 spots. Ro- uh, Roman Wilson uh, went up as well. Uh, Mullings went up 11 spots. Uh, Darian Green Warren went up five spots. And then uh, Matthew Hedner moved up as well. He's really, really close to getting that fourth star, but he's probably not going to get it. So <clears throat> I'll just ask you, what were your initial feelings when you saw the composite rankings update for Michigan's class? And uh, do you think anybody moves down uh, that shouldn't have? Um, I guess taking that last question first, R.J. Moten was the, the one that really got the big drop. Uh, he dropped 85 spots. He was originally the only guy that 24-7 their own rankings had in the top 100. Um, but then uh, he dropped back down after like the All-American game. I know Steve Wiltfong, who's like one of the uh, members of the, the ratings council they have there, was super high in Moten. He called him a personal five-star, um, which I, he, he seemed like, Wilt Funk seemed like the big outlier on Moten's ability. Like, everyone knew that he was super athletic, you know, dual sport stud um, guy that is going to do well. But I think, I don't think that he was quite to that level that Wilt Funk, uh clearly had influence over in his last ranking. And I think he kind of settled down to probably where he's more expected to, to fall in the rankings. It's kind of, he's kind of an interesting prospect, too, because, like, his huddle doesn't have a lot of film on him. I don't know. Wilt Fung must have access to some actual, you know, game film for him because there's not a lot of highlights to go off of. So he was saying all these things about how good he is. And it was, it was really hard to kind of double check um, how good it was, but it turns out, I would say going against the other guys in all American that he probably wasn't in that top 100 level and is more, you know, in that 150 to 200 range. Yeah, I, I, I definitely with Moten was, was the big shocker for me um, with him being a personal five-star. Um, definitely, definitely strange uh, to see all of that uh, transpire. But uh, I, I think the one guy that moved down that probably shouldn't have was, was along with Moten, of course, um, was McGregor. I, I, I don't really agree with him moving down. Uh, I mean, it's only 14 spots. It's not a huge deal in, in the grand scheme of things. But uh, given his injury and what he was doing before his injury, uh, his senior season of high school, I, I, I thought he had a, a big chance to move up well into the top 100. And I get it. I get they have to move down somebody. Uh, and given that he was the one that got hurt and probably had to move him down. Uh, but I, I think by the time it's all said and done, when he comes into Michigan, I think he'll prove to be someone who is worthy of being a top 100 player, kind of like what Aiden Hutchinson has done so far in his career as well. Um, I, I was a little shocked to see uh, Hibner move up as much as he did. Going from a relative nobody uh, to committing to Michigan, everybody kind of seeing, uh, you know, kind of, kind of going – well, who's this guy? I've never heard of him before. And then they just offered him. And then a few days after his visit, he committed to Michigan. Um, the, the fact that he's almost a four star uh, really sticks out to me. I, I thought his his rise with his senior season and then everything that he's been able to do and put on tape, uh, it really encouraging uh, going into his freshman season at Michigan. So the fact that he was able to move up close to a four star range, really goes to show this the scouting uh, that, that Michigan really puts in, especially with these uh, tight ends, because they've went after a few of these low three-star guys uh, at the tight end position. Obviously, Sean McCune, 
being one of them, uh, Luke Schoonmaker being the most recent one. Uh, but Hibner, he could be a really nice player uh, when he gets to Michigan. And uh, it, nice to see him uh, move almost to a, a four-star spot, too. Yeah, I was kind of surprised to see him keep moving up. Every update they've had for a while, um, they've just had uh, Hibner keep climbing and climbing. And I thought at some point he'd reach a ceiling, but they really just couldn't get enough of him and always found a reason to give him a nice bump. So, yeah, he's basically 24-7's rating is solely pulling him up to that uh, four-star ranking. Um, I don't know if ESPN still has their final rankings to do. I think they might still have it, so I guess it'll depend on them. But they're pretty bad with, uh, you know, firing and forgetting uh, yeah. evaluations once they make them. So we'll see, especially for a lower-rated guy for them like Hibner. Um, but, yeah, I think I think uh, he probably is definitely a four-star overall. I feel like the other two sites need to catch up. So uh, his athleticism is kind of hard uh, not to like. Uh, another guy I th- kind of thought that should have gotten a little bit more of a bump by 24-7 is uh, Blake Corum. He moved up. 14 spots um but that's still only to 230 overall he um he's there like 22nd ranked running back which <clears throat> seems crazy to me uh, yeah. given how well his senior uh his senior season went at st francis they played one of the toughest schedules in the entire country and he just went off i think there's a lot of issues with his um his durability i know that uh brian doan the 24 7 Northeastern uh, expert there said he wasn't sure if he could carry the ball uh, more than 15, 20 times a game, but I really don't think that will be an issue. One, because that's just the way the games of football is moving now. There's, you know, there's not really the bell cow backs that are going to take it for 20, 25 times a game. And also Corum is going to be used a lot out of the backfield to catch passes too. So I think he's going to find ways to get touches, even if he's not, you know, uh, getting a handoff from the quarterback. Well, and the nice thing for Michigan, too, is the running back depth is crazy good heading into 2020. They've got not only Blake Corm coming into his true freshman season, you still got Zach Charbonnet, who's going to be a true sophomore. You've got Hassan Haskins, who's going to be a redshirt sophomore. And then you got Chris Evans coming back, too, for his final season. So they're not going to need Blake Corm to take 20 to 25 handoffs per game. If you could get Blake, I don't know, maybe – five to seven per game. I think that would be a pretty decent start. They'll probably use him in the slot too. They, they got a lot of stuff planned with these running backs. I feel they put Giles Jackson in the backfield uh, this past season. So uh, they've got versatility and speed all over the place. So it's, uh, in my opinion, they don't necessarily need to uh, hand it off to them uh, a, a boatload each and every game. They're going to find ways to get these guys the ball, uh, whether it's in the backfield or, or in the slot or wherever it may be. But um, speaking of Brian Doan, uh, let's move on to this next topic here um, very quickly. Uh, one of the final guys in the 2020 class that Michigan's going after uh, is uh, three-star offensive lineman, James Pogorelk. Uh, he, he's got a final three tentatively, it seems like at least, of Michigan, Virginia, and Stanford. And uh, there was a thread on 24-7 that uh, the Michigan Insider uh, recruiting writer, Bryce Marich, commented in and said that the plan to have an in-home visit from Ed Warner to go visit Pogorelk is pretty much canceled at this point. Uh, It doesn't sound like it's going to happen anymore. 
and he was really the last guy that they were recruiting in this 2020 class. So if they don't get him, I don't think they're going to really uh, have any unexpected signings uh, on signing day next week, uh, which is crazy to think it's already next week, John. But uh, definitely some unfortunate news for Michigan and Ed Warner if they weren't able to uh, seal the deal and get another offensive lineman, especially given uh, that they lost one just uh, a week or so ago with uh, Micah Mazkua. So what are your thoughts on on this uh, cancellation of this in-home visit? I, I, I feel like they don't really have a shot with them anymore at this point. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because, you know, it's like you said, he's really the only guy that Michigan's going after. So uh, it's not like they're constrained for time or want to put their eggs in a different basket. Something must have happened probably on the Stanford visit that made them think that um, they wouldn't be able to get him, which probably had to be something drastic. I, I don't know. Pogrenok would have had to reach out to them and said he committed somewhere else is my guess. Probably Stanford, you know, which is you know, they're always hard to beat, especially when they get the last official like they did here. So I think they're just going to mm-hmm. kind of move ahead, probably look to the transfer portal to get maybe a Devery Hamilton or someone else um, that to as a stopgap for for 2020. Uh, Not that they need to, you know, there's an urgent need on the line, but just, you know, to have an extra body in the room and then just uh, divest the rest of their efforts to 2021 when there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of offensive linemen, especially in state, that they can, uh, you know, put their efforts into without, you know, having to travel very far, which is nice. Don't invest a lot of resources. Yeah, I think it is a combination of a few things, honestly, John. I, I feel like, I feel like Pogrel probably did commit somewhere else already, and he's just waiting for signing day to happen. Maybe they looked into a Devery Hamilton in the transfer portal, and. We'll talk about this more in our next segment here, but I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that they've got a ton of options in this 2021 class that I feel like they'd rather just stockpile a ton of guys in this uh, upcoming senior class and uh, just roll the dice with these guys because they're in it for uh, a ton of guys, honestly. I mean, just off the top of my head, Caleb Tiernan, in-state guy. Rocco Spindler, another in-state guy. Garrett Dellinger, another in-state guy. David Davikoff, who's a a four-star from Illinois. They've got options uh, all over the place on the offensive line in 2021. So I feel like it's a little bit of everything kind of mixed in all into one pot. Honestly, it's not a huge deal uh, given the depth that they still have on the offensive line. It would have been nice to have them. Uh, you can never have too many good offensive linemen, in my opinion. But um, and definitely not too shocking of news. But uh, at the end of the day, it uh, could be worse. If this were a defensive lineman or a cornerback, uh, would probably be uh, a little more concerned. But it's on the offensive line. Ed Warner's done a good job recruiting. I'm not uh, overly concerned about this one, but uh, oh, was there anything else you wanted to add on this before we uh, head into our next segment here, Johnny Boy? Uh, nope, all set. Okay, all right. Well, actually, let's uh, let's take a quick break right now, and uh, we'll come back and we will recap this uh, a big in-state recruiting weekend that Michigan just had. So stick around. We will be right back. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back. We're going to wrap up our podcast this week, talking about all the visitors that came to Ann Arbor this past weekend. Uh, there were quite a bit of them, and they were pretty much all in-state guys. Uh, pretty much the lone uh, guy outside of the state of Michigan was J.J. McCarthy. Uh, he was, of course, already committed five-star a quarterback in the 2021 class. There was another out-of-stater uh, who ended up getting an offer from Michigan during this visit, which let's just talk about him real quick, John, and we'll go to all these in-state guys. And Nicholas Singleton, he was uh, running back from Pennsylvania. He's already got quite a bit of offers, and most notably Penn State uh, being the hometown school for him. Notre Dame also has a, sent him an offer, and now Michigan is getting in on this as well. Ohio State has also offered him uh, as have a few of those ACC schools over there, North Carolina and Duke and uh, Pitt, those kind of schools. So uh, he's got a pretty good offer sheet for being a, a 2022 kid. I would imagine he'll probably be a uh, five-star or high four-star when it's all said and done. Yeah, I think so. He's got the pedigree with the offer so far. You know, he's not in the initial uh, top 100 for 24-7's rankings, but there's still a long way to go. Um, I think he ran for like 1,700 yards and like 35 touchdowns as a sophomore, which is, you know, obviously huge numbers. As an office fan, I appreciate Crazy. that. Yeah, he's from Pennsylvania and goes to a school that has uh, Mifflin in the title. Um, so I like that about him. Uh, yeah, 2022 had some good prospects. They, there are also a couple of top 50-ish uh, wide receivers that were on campus <clears throat> from out of state, both from Illinois. Uh, Tyler Morris is the teammate of J.J. McCarthy at Nazareth Academy, and he uh, went out uh, there with McCarthy. Uh, he's ranked as the number five wide receiver in the country. It was his second visit so far, uh, so that'll be good uh, you know, for Michigan's chances going forward. And uh, Caleb Brown from St. Rita, also uh, near Chicago, is uh, just outside the top 50 at number 54. Uh, the 11th ranked receiver so far. Um, there's a lot of wide receivers at the top there, as there usually are in early rankings. Um, but Brown looks to be another elite guy. Both have Notre Dame crystal balls right now, but I don't think those those mean much, uh, especially since Michigan. Who put them in? Campus. Uh, take a guess. It's probably Tom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say, does it rhyme with uh, John Toy? <laughs> yeah. I, uh... Yeah, I, I, I wonder, but, uh, but yeah, no, good, good to get those guys on campus for sure. Um, you know, it, it's very early for those guys, but those are probably going to be uh, the elite players in the 2022 class when, uh, when they end up being seniors, they're going to be heavily recruited and, and, uh, Michigan's going to want to get them in the loop uh, in this recruiting cycle as well. So uh, good to get them on campus early and often, um, and never going to hurt anything, especially with J.J. McCarthy being uh, Morris's teammate. That can only help you uh, further in the recruitment of a five-star wide receiver who's uh, probably going to be a, a really good player when he gets to college. But all right, well, I alluded to it earlier. All of these in-state offensive linemen 
uh, that uh, Michigan shouldn't be worried about with this uh, 2020 class. Let's let's move into this 2021 offensive lineman that just visited this past weekend. You got Rocco Spindler, who's a top 50 guy uh, along the offensive line. Garrett Dellinger, his teammate over in Clarkston, uh, another top 100 guy. Um, he's a four star. And then you've got Caleb Tiernan, who is uh, a, a kind of a more developmental kind of tackle prospect. He's from Detroit Country Day. And then Caleb Banks, who is another kind of one of those developmental guys. Uh, he plays in Southfield. So uh, quite a bit of options along the offensive line. I know Rayshon Benny was there too, but it looks like they're recruiting him along the defensive line. So we'll keep him out of here. Um, but still plenty of options for Ed Warner in Michigan uh, along the offensive line. There are just a ton that were on campus this weekend. There's a lot of really good potential here. I could honestly see Michigan landing three of these guys. Yeah, probably. Uh, Spindler had another good visit. You know, he's taking pictures with J.J. McCarthy all the time, talked with uh, Gio uh, El Hadi a lot. Um, you know, he's the one that everyone just wants to commit. It would make sense. He's been to Michigan a million times. Yeah. But every interview, he always talks about he's going to take his official visits. Um, you know, his I, he said he's going to take all five uh, no matter what. And I think it's kind of, you know, his dad, who's been through the process before, obviously, um, as a former Michigan player, is kind of telling him that he needs to check out all of his options first, which you obviously can't get mad about. But it's still just kind of like you just want him to commit already because everything seems to line up perfectly for him to uh, be at Michigan but they're going to have to hold off schools like Notre Dame and Ohio State. Um, I, know, I know Alabama and LSU also want him to go down to campus. So hopefully it's like a Braden McGregor situation where he takes his trips down south, but nothing uh, comes from it and he decides to stay home. Um, but then his uh, teammate, Garrett Dellinger at uh, Clarkston, was also on campus. And I, it's starting to heat up again with Michigan, I think, for a while. Uh, it looked like he was basically ticketed to go out of state, probably Notre Dame. But I think Michigan's uh, fought back really well in that recruitment. Um, Dellinger made sure to let everyone know that Notre Dame's not his leader at all. Um, and then Michigan also offered his younger brother, brother who was also on the visit with him, who was a, who was a freshman this year and started at center for Clarkston. Uh, and he's already, you know, a 6'3", uh, huge guy as, as a center. So they got good as, as a freshman. So they have good genes in the family. And I think offering the brother was another good, uh, tactic to use to try to get keep Dellinger interested uh, in Michigan. Yeah, definitely a good thing. I uh, saw an article online that uh, they they interviewed uh, Garrett and he said that his favorite part of the trip was his brother uh, getting the offer from Michigan and that it was uh, it's always been a dream of theirs to play together in college and that he said that his brother was uh, his best friend. So. If you send an offer to uh, to his best friend and his brother, I, I feel like that's a, a pretty decent start here for Michigan. I feel like at any point, Rocco Spindler could commit. I think he's kind of playing the Brain McGregor role, like you had said as well. He's pretty much the McGregor of the 2021 class. He's going to enjoy his visits. He's going to have his fun. And then I, I think inevitably he will commit to Michigan. I, I think it's it's looking pretty good for the Wolverines at this point. He's been visited Michigan um, more times than I could count um, uh, just in the past year alone. So uh, everything's looking pretty good there. Garrett Dellinger, um, it, it did look like for a while he was a Notre Dame lean, but I'm, I'm kind of 
thinking it's it's starting to teeter back towards Michigan. I think uh, it's still going to be a battle. He's he's always been the more um, uh, of the Clarkson boys of of Spindler and Dellinger. He's always been the more open minded, I would say, um, in terms of visits and and uh, getting out of state. I feel like he's more uh, prevy to being out of state than Spindler is, but. Uh, I think things are looking good for both of those guys. Uh, Caleb Tiernan, I, I think he's another guy that could commit pretty much at any time too, John. Um, he, he's kind of like uh, uh, the, the, the prototypical left tackle development guy that they're going to put into the weight room for a year and then see if he can compete for his redshirt freshman season uh, at either left or right tackle. That's kind of where I envision it at this point. Um, I, I think he's probably bound for Michigan too. What do you think? Yeah, I think he's the exact type of frame that Michigan, uh, the Michigan staff loves at six seven. Uh, I think two sixty, uh, just so much, uh, such a long frame to pack weight on. Good weight that you know uh, Ben Herbert in the weight room can uh, you know shape his body. Um, so kind of like Jeffrey Piercy has already done uh, this year. I think he said he's already up to two ninety uh, before even getting to campus, which is which is awesome. Um, so he's a guy that. Tiernan's a guy that, you know, is going to be get on campus, uh, kind of forget about him for a couple of years until he emerges as a as a big time dude, uh, probably as like a redshirt sophomore um, that that's going to have the, the length and, uh, you know, the, the frame to be able to handle that left tackle edge. Um, you know, Michigan's taken a lot of the, these tweener guys like a Carson Barnhart or a Jack Stewart that can play both guard and tackle. And usually those guys end up on the interior eventually, but Tiernan is just all the way a uh, big tackle prospect, no matter, uh, you know, how big mm-hmm. you can get him. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think with Caleb Banks, the other three-star uh, tackle that visited, he's from Southfield. I think, uh, I, I think he probably would be interested in committing to Michigan, but I think at this point, I think Michigan's going to hold off and wait for a few of these other guys to to commit and lock in, and and maybe if they need him in the class, they would take him. I don't think he's necessarily a take at this point, but uh, if they do, I, he he's around six foot six. He's around two fifty, two fifty five. So he's going to have to put on some more weight uh, before he gets on campus too. But I could see him being like a an in betweener. It, it depends on how much weight he puts on, but I could see him being either a tackle or a guard. I, he could, he could be a versatile uh, kind of offensive lineman there uh, for wherever he ends up going. But uh, let's move on here real quick. We'll go to Donovan Edwards. He visited campus as well. He big time running back prospect. Uh, it's, it seems like he had a pretty good visit here. Uh, it sounds like him and uh, JJ McCarthy have, have built a pretty good relationship together as well. So just another reason why getting JJ McCarthy back on campus at any time when you've got recruits coming to visit is always a good idea. Uh, Cause he just recruits his ass off for Michigan uh, pretty much every day of his waking life. It seems like, but Donovan Edwards, another big time guy, another top hundred in state kid uh, that Michigan definitely wants to keep home and hopefully uh, commit to Ann Arbor at some point. I think at this point, it's probably down between Michigan and Ohio State. He's he's starting to get a few more offers. I, I think he got the USC offer a few days ago as well, which, I mean, at this point, probably not as prestigious as it once was, but still, I think uh, Southern California has its draw of, uh, you know, the nice weather and getting away and all that stuff. But I think at this point, it's probably either Michigan or Ohio State, and uh, hopefully 
they uh, land the in-state running back this time and don't let him go to Ohio State a la Mike Weber from uh, a few years back. Yeah, I think Edwards is a is a pleasant surprise, kind of a late addition to the the visitors list. Uh, he decided to come on like late Friday night, um, and he was he's was the one like big guy that uh, hadn't said he was coming. So that's that's nice to see. I know he's uh, going to Georgia this weekend, which is always makes you a little bit nervous just with uh, how Georgia recruits. They've been burned before. Michigan's been burned before them with Isaiah Wilson. They also you know kill it with running backs. Um, they've had you know just almost multiple five stars every year at this point. Edwards is definitely blowing up nationally. He got, there's a stretch where he got, he got a bunch of offers too. Like you, you said, USC, I know he got Oklahoma recently, all those other schools, but I, I still think, like you said, it's going to be more of a local battle between Michigan and Ohio state. Um, I, I think those are both two good options that he, that he's considering the strongest, but yeah, I think he's really developing. He really developed his relationship with guys like, JJ McCarthy uh, this weekend uh, at the basketball game, which is which is good. And now that McCarthy's kind of sicked on him, um, and we'll be able to keep talking with him from now on. I think that's going to help Michigan down the road. Yep, I agree. I think any time that you can get uh, JJ McCarthy back on campus is it, it's going to be a good weekend for whatever recruit is coming in to visit. I think McCarthy is uh, one of the better recruiters that Michigan has seen out of a commit. So hopefully he uh, continues to visit Ann Arbor uh, in the future when uh, more guys visit. But uh, let's talk real quick about a guy that didn't visit this past weekend. That's Damon Payne, a four-star a defensive tackle, borderline five-star guy. Um, it, it sounded like he was going to visit at one point, and then it didn't happen. He didn't end up visiting this weekend. Um, he, I, I think he visited for the Ohio State game. Is that right, John? Yeah, he did. Yeah, and and obviously not a good thing when uh, Michigan got pummeled by Ohio State, which which at this point seems to be uh, the clear favorite for for Payne. So uh, this is definitely not good news for Michigan. You you'd hoped that on a weekend that you get a ton of in-state kids in, you would have hoped that you get the top ranked in-state kid on campus and it just didn't happen. So, I mean, at this point I would give Michigan a, a 0.001 repeating chance to, uh, to land Damon Payne. Yeah. I think this was kind of the nail in the coffin for Michigan's chances with them. Uh, after he said he wasn't going to go, I think Sam Webb on the Michigan insider just said it flat out that he doesn't, Payne doesn't like Michigan. Like uh, a lot of it stems from the, uh, his be- former Belleville teammates and, Devontae Dobbs and Julian Barnett, who, you know, a couple of cycles ago were the, that mm-hmm. year's Damon Payne's and that they just were turned off by something with Michigan. And so that's kind of the sentiment stuck around Belleville for a while. Um, it hasn't gotten guys like Andre Seldon, Jamari Budden, who was also on campus, which is good, but Payne clearly doesn't like them. But uh, actually, I think there's uh, there's an update on Ohio State that they're not pushing for him as much either anymore. I know like a couple of the Ohio State writers changed their crystal ball picks from them to foggy. So I don't know what's going on with pain. There's probably something going on uh, behind the scenes that maybe it's not worth the time recruiting him. Um, I, I'd say he's probably going to end up somewhere down South. Like, a, a, like, a, what's his name from this year? 2020. Why can't I think? Justin Rogers, um, who went to Kentucky. Um, Payne may end up in somewhere like Alabama or Tennessee. I could see that easily. 
Yeah, probably, which is definitely unfortunate news. But I mean, you can't really help a kid wanting to explore uh, other options. And I mean, who who knows what the real story is with uh, Payne and and Michigan, and then Payne and Ohio State. I mean, it's it's uh, it's just one of those recruitments that that there's just question marks all over the place, and uh, we'll probably never know all of the real uh, reasons why uh, these things happen, but. And that just happens from time to time, and it's it's always uh, puzzling, to say the least. But uh, you alluded to uh, Jamari Button, so let's talk about him real quick. He's uh, an in-state four-star linebacker, uh, like you said, from Belleville. Uh, probably one of the top linebacker prospects on Michigan's board at this point uh, um, in the 2021 class. Um, sounds like he had a pretty good first meeting with uh, Brian Jean Mary, who's the a new linebacker coach there at Michigan. Um, again, this is just another in-state guy visiting once again that I could definitely see be in the base blue at some point in the future, John. Yeah, definitely. I think it was really good for him to get on campus to meet uh, G. Marie, who will be his coach, uh, especially because I'm pretty sure Button's going to be start off at least at Viper. That's what, that's what his tape screams to me. Uh, outside linebacker viper type so um i, I think it was, it was good that uh he was so interested to get on campus soon right after uh the new linebackers coaches hired and start building that relationship again and and i think his his um interest in michigan was already so high that this, this uh kind of bump this transition in coaches wasn't going to hurt michigan's chances too much um so we'll see uh, i think a commitment from him could be could happen uh, at any time, really, kind of like Caleb Tiernan. Um, if he gets the the green light from the staff, which I think he does have it, um, I could easily see him committing. I know he wants to go to Purdue uh, this weekend. I think that's what his recent interview said. Um, so he's still taking a couple visits, but I, I think he'll be Michigan's uh, in the end. Yeah, I uh, I think so too. It sounds like he he really does like Michigan all, uh, quite a bit. But I messaged him a few weeks back and uh, asked if he planned on visiting Michigan soon. And, and he said that uh, he didn't know because he wasn't really hearing from any of the coaches. And obviously this was before Gene Marie got hired and all of those things. So it's, it's definitely good that uh, they reestablished connection with him uh, because I, I, I really like Budden in this class, honestly. Uh, I, I think he's a really good linebacker prospect and definitely a guy that you don't want to go uh, outside of uh, the state of Michigan. Um, I, I think he's a pretty good prospect. But uh, another guy that we'll talk about real quick, uh, Rayshon Benny, four-star guy from Oak Park. They got him listed as an offensive lineman, but they're recruiting him as a defensive lineman, uh, which is pretty interesting because his frame – uh, just screams offensive lineman to me, at least. He's 6'5", 275. Um, where would they even line him up on the line? Would he be kind of like a an anchor end, I would imagine? Um, but I feel like by the time he bulks up, uh, when he actually plays, he could be pushing 300. It'd be interesting to see where they play him. Yeah, he may be kind of like a, a Jerry Tillery type from Notre Dame, kind of that rare guy that can play big. I think, was it Bob Landers at... Ohio State. Ohio State just had a big uh, guy in the interior there on too, so it, it does happen, I guess. But yeah, he'll probably be pretty good for that anchor role that Rashawn Gary played at six five. I mean, I think he played a little bit slimmer, so we'll see how much yeah. uh, Benny bulks up. But he's definitely 
He's got the skills to be a four-star uh, defensive lineman too. He's his recruitment's really picking up. Um, I know he likes he's getting pick, uh, offers like Tennessee and things like that from the SEC. Um, and I think it's a really good sign that Michigan is recruiting him as a defensive lineman because it means they're comfortable with the guys um, that they're already recruiting along the offensive line, that they have enough options there that they can uh, uh, recruit Benny at the position that he prefers. And that's obviously only going to help Michigan's chances with him because he, if he wants to play on the defensive line, then it's just uh, letting him do it. It's only going to make him happier. Yeah, definitely. I mean, anytime that you can get a kid that, you know, he's being recruited for one position, but he wants to play another position, kind of like Cam Martinez in this class. Uh, he was being recruited as a wide receiver at Michigan, and it sounds like he's going to play safety at Ohio State, and I, I, I think that he wants to play safety at Ohio State. So I, that, that's a big factor in kids' recruitments, uh, being able to play the position they want to play. Definitely important, but uh, – Speaking of Oak Park, Benny's teammate, Jalen Mines, was there. He's a three-star safety. Uh, he's got a crystal ball prediction for Penn State right now, who has uh, offered him as well as Kentucky and Pitt, Maryland, uh, those kinds of schools there. So um, pretty interesting prospect here, I think. Uh, you could pretty much put him kind of anywhere. I, I think he could be a Viper. He could be a safety. Uh, you could line him up at cornerback, honestly. I mean, he's got the frame to do all that. So he, I, I feel like he's a pretty versatile guy that could kind of just line up anywhere in the defensive backfield. Yeah, I think he'll be he'll be a good addition. Addition, but uh, I don't think he didn't get the offer that I was kind of expecting him to. Uh, Michigan's been pretty stingy with safety offers this year. They've only offered ten guys, um, which is pretty low, especially compared to the other positions and how they've recruited in the past. So, I mean, I know they, they've taken – they've had some back-to-back really good safety classes, so it's obviously not a big priority. Um, so I'm not sure if they're going to expand their board only after uh, some of their top targets if they go somewhere else. Um, so Mines may have to wait a little bit uh, if, he, mm-hmm. if he's going to receive that offer. Um, so it just – yeah, unfortunate for him, I guess, if he wants to go to Michigan because – uh, there may not be room for him with all the the safeties that they've taken, but they're they're definitely going to take one or two at the position. You're not just going to skip it. So, if uh, their top targets go elsewhere, then I think he'd be a good guy to circle back to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's pretty much what'll happen too. And I mean, they took a bunch of safeties in this 2020 class. So, I mean, if they're only going to throw out a few offers to a few guys that they think would be elite at that position. I might as well go after the best of the best. And at this point, it minds being a three-star number 575 overall, probably not one of the better ones in this 2021 class. So um, was I missing anybody on this list, John? I, that's all I've got here. Was there anybody else that I miss? Uh, off the top of the head, I know Dylan Tatum visited. He's another running back from West Bloomfield who is behind Edwards, but he still uh, did enough to be to get impress some schools and get a bunch of offers, which is uh, tells you how good he is. Um, the King brothers from Cast Tech were there. Uh, Kobe King and Kalen King. And Kalen oh, King that's right. The cornerback who actually got a crystal ball um, from Steve Lorenz after the visit. So that's good news. He's a he's a technically a three star, but he's literally his composite score is right at the the eighty nine mark, where he, the cutoff is a four star. And like there's there's guys with the same composite score as him who have four stars, so he's kind of 
in that middle ground, um, which, you know, <laughs> just kind of, it'd be nice just to get that one spot bump and get into four-star territory. But he's, you know, he's 5'10", just kind of the classic Detroit cornerback guy that Michigan's done so well with, um, you know, a little bit taller than Andre Selden, which will help. He won't probably won't have to scratch and claw his way into four-star territory like Selden had to. Um, so, yeah. Right. Uh, I, it's interesting that his brother didn't get a crystal ball because, you know, uh, being twins, they they seem like they are they might be a package deal. I mean, they could go other ways, but uh, I feel like if you're going to get one, you're going to get the other. So we'll see how uh, that, that happens. Uh, Kobe King's a linebacker who Michigan's going to be a lot more selective at that position. So if they can get Kalen without uh, going hard after Kobe, I think that'd be even more of an impressive uh, recruiting win. Yeah, I feel like it, it would be highly unusual for twin twin brothers to not go to the same school. I mean, they, they reeled in both Green brothers in the 2018 class. I feel like they would probably, if they want both, they'll, they'll get both. Um, so if they want Kobe, they'll get Kobe and Kalen. Um, I think that's probably what would happen. I, I think, and I think that Kobe would probably say that they are a package deal. I feel like it would be really strange if twin brothers were like, no, I'm going to go to Michigan. You can go somewhere else. Like, I don't care where you end up. It would just be strange. Um, but I don't know. Who knows? But, uh, but okay. I, I, I think that's everybody now, John. Um, was there anybody else off the top of your head? Uh, Marquise Irving, the three-star running back from Illinois. Uh, he visited for a game this year. Uh, I can't remember which one it was, but he was, he was up on campus. He was kind of a, a random late addition. I think coming back again means that he really likes Michigan. Um, I think there's higher guys on his board, on the board at running back. We already talked about Donovan Edwards, but you know, Corey Kiner, Kamar Wheaton um, are, are probably ahead of him. Yeah. But he's still a good guy to have around. He's right near that, that three, four star uh, border too. But I think that's yeah, he, everyone I have. Yeah. He's, he's real close. He's, he's like right on the edge of, of four star. He's, he's right around that, that uh, 89 as well, but, but yeah, he's, he's got some pretty decent offers here too from Nebraska, Minnesota, Wisconsin. Um, I mean, anytime Wisconsin offers a running back, you can pretty much guarantee that they're at least a little good. So, but yeah, he, he's, he's probably a pretty good backup option in the event that Edwards or Wheaton or uh, Kiner doesn't work out for them. So uh, that would be a guy to watch if those guys go elsewhere. But okay, John. Well, I think that's about it. That's all the time we got today. Um, good talking with you as always, my friend. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. John, where are you at on Twitter? At Simmons underscore John. And you follow Mason Brew on Twitter at Mason Brew. Uh, give Mason Brew a like on Instagram and Facebook. And also be sure to subscribe and, and rate all of our podcasts on the SB Nation Podcast Network here on Mason Brew. Uh, you can pretty much find us anywhere Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. We will deliver it to you. Uh, we will be back next week with another podcast. But until then, I am Vaughn. He is John. Go Blue.